there, Shopamaniacs. Yeah, listening to another episode of the Shop Talk Show. I'm Dave. This could be it, Chris. The last episode in the homeschool Rupert. And there's mm. Chris comfortable in the booth. What are you going to do, though? Are you going to lock him out? Are you going to literally lock the door? Just, just, yeah. Like one of those <laughs> metal shutters on a convenience store. <laughs> <laughs> no kids allowed. That's going to no make him want to come in even more. No graffiti, my shutters i know it but anyway probably uh, we'll down see. with dad yeah yeah mm. this is oppression uh we actually it's not it's nay this is going to sound like terrible parenting uh my wife and i were trying to figure out what size desk i can fit in in the shed right oh and so we interesting we're out topic. there yes go ahead and i'm i got i got the masking tape the blue tape and measuring stuff on the ground i I mapped it out, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and we're like, okay, that's like too small. Like you should go bigger here on this dimension and bigger on that. Cause it's going to be an L desk going for an L desk. You're going L super jelly, oh, big but L. can you go L big and L. standing? Oh, heck yes. Thank oh. you. Uplift desk. That can, but, <laughs> um, they really? didn't pay for that. um, but anyway, yeah. So there's like an L standing desk. So I'm like just super stoked on that. But so I'm trying to figure out how it goes, but my kids like, they, I get a phone call, you know, and I'm like, and it's my wife's phone and she's standing next to me and it was my kids. They called us and we're like, where are you? And they're crying and it sounds terrible. Right. But like we told them we're we're going in the backyard, but they didn't know that they're so unused to like us not being in the house that like, that's kind of good that they know how to call you. It was actually a super success. And we said that was exactly the right thing to do yeah uh but we also told you we're in the backyard so <laughs> we're just we're still here we didn't leave you we don't do that but um but mm-hmm. it was like uh you know it was a just anyway it to to say this is going to change things is just an understatement because uh i don't i don't think even i realize how different it's going to be here once i leave the house yeah leaving the house chris imagine i i'm telling you i love it and it's safe because I'm the only person here. Um, it will be for you too. Now I've Googled this uplift desk, which is part of autonomous. Apparently you are, I can't believe you found it. I, when I moved into this office, my wife too was like, you should, you know, there's more room now. You should go L with the desk. You should go bigger, you know, and I'll take your old desk. But I was looking cause I wanted it to be standing desk, you know, mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. and bigger cause I have the room for it now. And I struck out on both things. I was like, I don't think they make something like this. That's not like some, you know, some German company will take six months to arrive kind of thing. You got to do a custom, but look at there, there, the basic one here, seven ninety nine. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, that's mm-hmm. awesome yeah mine's gonna be more but that's fine i'm a fancy boy you're getting but bi- bigger and, but this yeah. is also like like again i built this thing it's gonna be like my 20-year office like i'm retiring in this office so right <laughs> like, right right like anyway. i'm jealous so get in touch with us you know uplift desk slash autonomous dave and i will <laughs> if you want to send yeah, me ergonomic products i actually know the owner of uplift so oh um, you do yeah yeah oh so now now it, if they hooked you up it would feel like you're like stealing from your friend's business or whatever yeah mm. yeah but that's fine we'll figure it out <laughs> so. i don't know i'm so you can send me one yeah send chris a desk but so, so but mine no, is like little i like my desk it's just a little it's a little cramped let's just when, say you need an L desk one thing i i have like considered this is 
this was pre-pandemic, mind you. I, I was a trendsetter before the pandemic hit, right? Yeah. Uh, Long time trendsetter, Dave Rupert. I, I want to I want to do like a YouTube where I review products from a remote working perspective, like like headphones or keyboards, ergonomic keyboards, standing desks. You know, like I, I review things purely out of like a is this useful for remote work kind of uh, standpoint, but. I don't know. I, I would. Uh, I know. Uh, it, You're on so much, Dave. You have so many ideas. Too many ideas, too little time. But um, but wouldn't that be cool to like, I mean, because I would watch it this is the reason, you know, it's like, oh, does that. I bet you'd get stuff right and left. If you were, had a channel that was known for reviewing stuff. I used to do this back a million years ago. I, was, I worked with my buddy Richard. He had this website called mm-hmm. FreshArrival.com. And it was one thing a day. And it was just like, we're going to show you something cool once a day. And it was like a little WordPress site. And he'd do a lot of them. But then he started, you know, there's some, that's a lot of writing. 365 posts a year. You know, to, yes. I, I knock it out easily now. But as a side project or something. Plus, you're like, what if you just don't know of anything cool right now. But anyway, we had it for a little while and they really started rolling in. Companies would all all the time try to send you something. Now we are so small that it was like, how about this, you know, USB key or this like (laughs) beanbag chair or whatever. And sometimes it was kind of cool, but they weren't sending us desks. That's for sure. You know, no, but But you could, you know, you're famous enough to get a free desk. I've seen some YouTubers get desks. They're like, Oh, got this desk sent, you know? But I'm not, I'm not asking for that exactly. But uh, what I'm, but like, you know, like the other day I found this thing, I was watching some desk thing and they they said, oh, check out this little, it's a little widget. It looks like a W uh, and it goes under your wrist, like on the, on the like palm of your wrist, you know? Okay. Um, like and an it's archery for, guard? <laughs> almost like an archery guard kind of, but it's just, just the little wrist rest. And it's for, is it designed by ergonomists to like help prevent like RSI wrist strain on your mouse hand. So it like goes under your mouse or your trackpad. So I bought one and it's from like Slovenia or something. So it's mm-hmm. coming in the mail. Can't do a review yet, but that would be like exactly the product that'd be like from an ergonomic perspective. This was a, a benefit or a, this was kind of just a hack or. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe know. it'll make your wrist sweat and you'll hate it. And then you should know that. Yeah. Right. Right. So anyways, but yeah, this is like, just, I don't know that stuff, man. I, like I feel like, especially with people investing in their offices and stuff, I feel like it's such a, would be such a no brainer to do. Like, yeah, especially in the video format with somebody trustworthy. I mean, to some degree, that's what like Amazon reviews are for. There should be thousands of them. The best reviews should rise to the top. This should be a solved problem, but it's not because I don't trust anybody in those reviews. And they, we know that to some degree they are gamed and they feel gamed. Go read a comment on Amazon and and your trust alarm will just be blaring. You'll be like, that doesn't sound like a real person. And it probably isn't. It's a robot that somebody paid. Um, but yeah, no, I like you think of like like a unbox therapy or, you know, MKBHD or somebody like that, you know, who review products, but like specifically from a remote working angle. So that would be so cool. Just. I don't know this software, you know, this is actually like whatever a game changer. Slack is a game changer for my company or whatever. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Dave, you're overflowing with ideas. I love it. Hey, free ideas over here on the shop talk show. Hey, speaking of ideas, fun to hang out with. Yeah. What are you going to say? We had an idea and we made it and we have it and there's people in it. 
We've been and, talking about it for years. What Dave is saying is we finally got around to doing a proper Patreon. Now, there's, it's already, uh, I'm going to call it popping in there a little bit. So so the Patreon isn't popping. The pop, Patreon is just, you know, it's a you can sign up for it and get it. And it has, at the moment, one single perk, which is that you get to join us on Discord. And we did that so it's not just like... I don't know. It's not like we're so popular there'd be thousands of people in there, but it's to like be people that really care about the show and talk about the show and want to like just be part of the conversations around this show. So it's part of the Patreon. And then now that we're in there and there's like a good amount of people that are really engaged in there now, it's been super fun, I think. So yeah. thank you heavily to everybody that's popped in there. There's like great conversations happening and it's going to form the content of the show to some degree. And it's going to, there'll be more perks involved, but we're going to use the discord to figure those out. We mentioned this in the last episode, but we're doing this now closer to the top of the episode so that you know about it. So shop talk show, Patreon, Discord, it's a thing. No, it's it's fun. It's going. Um, even like today, like people are just kind of like, you know, we we kind of are on this modern JS track, right? That's sort of like our brain is kind of like, what's JS in twenty twenty one here? And people just kind of started throwing out like cool like hosting options and um, different stuff. So it, it, it was already like beneficial and i'm already like oh i should check out that like yeah really discussion new about Vite, the that that view uh kind of is it, Vite? Server Isn't it thing? how can it not be vite it must bite Vite, vite. i don't know bite view vite. anyway it's like uh it's like evan Hughes thing who's been on the show right mm-hmm. uh i'm excited about it i've never i've i've have tangentially seen people play with it and seen tweets about it and stuff it's never it's only ever mentioned with like holy crap this thing is cool so we'd love to get evan on to talk about that we should we should do that but that was just one thing you know then there's somebody dropped this link to render.com and i was like how have i never seen this that's an epic domain name it's a has a beautiful lending page and it's like hosting which we've been talking about a ton lately i got my blog post out about hosting by the way so that just Ooh, came nice. out yesterday so thank thank god there but it doesn't mention render because I had no idea about it. Of course, it doesn't mention lots of companies. Like, I can't talk about every single company that has ever done web hosting. But if I had known about this, I probably would have brought it up because it feels like very, like, next gen. It even feels like, to me, like, one leap past the stuff that already feels kind of next gen. Like, Firebase Mm -hmm. still feels pretty, like, next gen to me. But this is, like, feels like one step even further than that to me. Just by, I have not spun it up yet. But it looks a little bit like... You hook up your Git repo and it, you know, deploys for you and does all that kind of stuff. But it has, it's not just a static host. It's like, we can host your Rails if you want to. We can, we'll host your database. We'll host your containers. We'll, you know, do cron jobs for cron you. Cron jobs, we'll, yeah. Yeah, I like, mean, the, it's very fancy. Yeah, the, the like, I, we're looking at the database stuff, you know, like, I, I'm in this market. Like, I've been looking for a database and you're just like, I just want it, you know, and I I paid more. I think I think I have more gigabytes technically, you know. But like, you know, it, like, what are you talking about? Database? What choose for something you're building or whatever? Yeah, for something I'm building. So it, just like a Postgres somewhere in the cloud, you know. Like like Fine, I yeah. started with Heroku. You can do like a free plan there, you know. But then it goes right. up, right? But then I had a problem with Heroku. Went over to DigitalOcean. That was like fifteen bucks or something. They're offering, but but I get like. 
uh, whatever, 25 gigs of memory SSD, you know, but this is like $7. You only get one gig of SSD or something, but you know, that's a lot. Like, let me, (laughs) that's, you know. Yeah. That's a lot of rows. That's a lot of text in a database. So that's cool that you could um, move it though. And that's because you picked Postgres, right? Like if you picked Firebase, there is nowhere else to move it because it's proprietary to what they do, right? Yeah. So, yeah, so you're just kind of cool. stuck around. And then yeah. And then I was talking about there's this new database sort of startup called Supabase. Um Supabase. Oh, Supabase. this also has a very attractive homepage looking. Yeah, thing. they're marketing themselves as a Firebase alternative, but it's a Postgres database. And I think it leverages Postgres's sort of JSON. Oh, meaning format. you could move to this too if you want. We could move to this too. And they have like a REST, like like a you know, a little node service client, um, like for a REST kind of yeah. for their database and stuff. They have functions, they're getting storage. Authentication can go through them too for the database. Yeah. You know? So it's a lot. It's not, yeah, so Firebase alternative is kind of fair because- the And they have a the- UI to manage your Postgres too. So like if you like just don't want to download whatever Postgres app or whatever, you, you have it here. So I think that's kind of nice. It is telling when an app is like, we're just- like command line only or something that's like mm-hmm. uh, like what I, I don't know well like you didn't even take the step to make any ui at all mm. yeah like i'm full stack enough to care about the database like i do i that's like falls on me right i don't like doing this stuff i want it to be easy and so i'm really happy like startups are kind of getting involved in this space too because yeah it's just like man like Database is tedious, like, uh, you know, you mess it up, you really messed it up, you know, so. It's interesting it's just, to look at these things, though, because, we, you know, we mentioned Netlify a lot. They're a sponsor. They're, like, the best, you know, like, I love mm-hmm. everything that Netlify does. I'm like, whoa, that, good job. But they, they're notably, abs- they won't host a container for you. They have no data storage solution other than basic form stuff, but that's not the same as a Postgres database, you know? So it's kind of like you can always use Netlify, but it's starting to be like you got to look elsewhere for other things depending on what you're building, you know? And that's okay. That's what Jamstack is. It's static hosting plus services, which is like whatever services you need, go go look we'll around. It but together, it is yeah. notable that other, I think other hosts are starting to look at that and be like, we can maybe attempt to replicate the basics here and then offer those additional things that you need all in under one roof. And yeah, that was kind of the thrust of my post on hosting too, is that using the things all together with something is feels like a happy path. You know, like if you're yeah. going to use Supabase, Dave, you might choose to use Supabase auth too, because it's all together then. And you might use Supabase storage too, because it's all right there then. It's like yeah, to piecing it all together feels like you're not you're going to have less mastery over what's going on if you're if you've pieced pieced together too many disparate things, you know. Yeah, especially with like backend stuff like and I think this is why AWS is big, you know what I mean? It's like AWS is like you can get a database, you're like routing, your load balancer, your hosting, your storage container, your server, like all that's nothing with us. they don't offer. They have we do all that quantum so. computers you can rent. Have you seen these things, Dave? They're like from the future. That's unbelievable. I would love to do that, but I have like literally nothing I want to quantumly uh, <laughs> devise. You don't you want know? to write Redux in quantum computing? Well, I <laughs> no, I guess, but I don't know. I, I, as I understand it, it's I mean, it's incredible what's going on. Like, 
particles are like copying, emulating each other, like flipping on each other anyway. But uh, like, yeah, it's like infinite speed kind of. I don't really get it either. I'm just, I just think that's incredible that that's a random AWS thing of the thousands yeah. of service they offer. That's just one of them. That's amazing. play with physics. Just, just test the <laughs> limits of physics uh, yeah. right here. This episode of Shop Talk Show is brought to you in part by Jetpack. You can just go to jetpack.com and check it out. It's a plugin for your self-hosted WordPress site, much like shoptalkshow.com is. Uh, perhaps my favorite WordPress plugin in that it does all these little things, like it processes Markdown. So we use that on shoptalkshow.com, you know. It's, but it's nice that you don't have to, like, pick some third-party flavored Markdown thing and just hope that's the, like, right thing over time. This is, like the markdown that WordPress supports itself. So it's like, it's just gonna work forever. That kind of like is feel good stuff for me. Those are like little things. There's a bunch of those, just like flip it on and then your assets are CDN hosted. Hey, that's pretty nice. But then these like bigger things too, like real-time backups. I needed it just the other day. That's a whole story, but it <laughs> saved my bacon in a big way. Real-time backups for your entire site, the database, the assets, the comments, the themes, the everything, kind of a big deal. Uh, and security is huge too. Flip it on and it's just protecting your sites uh, uh, from bad attacks. But also if someone were to get in and actually change something, it's scanning the internals too to make sure that there's no problem. That's huge. And maybe my favorite one, just to mention one more, is that it can be just like a flip on replacement for search, which is a big deal because the search goes from like default WordPress search, which is like <clears throat> kind of bad to excellent to like this elastic search, cloud powered, uh, 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 super intelligent, you know, great UI, great UX search on your WordPress site. It's great. Some of these things are a la carte too. So if you're like, I don't care about the backups because I have something else that does that, fine. Then you can just buy search. Kind of sweet. There's lots of a la carte options. So I'll leave it to you to check that out and price it out for yourselves. Thanks for the support. So here's a story about that. Elasticsearch, you know them, right? They're mm -hmm. they're a, kind of an open source, great product for all, people use it for search. But it's kind of like, I don't know. I, I don't mean to sound like an expert here, but to, to me, it's like just a database, right? You just like put stuff in and get stuff out like anything else. It kind of crawls, it indexes. And it's like a fast search, so right? yeah, fast search, right? And it's and it's like they, it's you can just it's just open source. You can just do you can just put it on anything. You could buy a mm -hmm. DigitalOcean or whatever and put Elasticsearch on it. It's like Redis or something. I, I think so. I think I have that right. But Elastic is like a company too, so they have really good hosted ver Elasticsearch that has bells and whistles on it too, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But. You know, I think there was a little like kerfuffle, hot drama kind of stuff in that that Amazon is like, well, we'll host your Elasticsearch. We'll make a we'll make a thing. We'll make AWS Elasticsearch. Yeah, yeah. And th I think the kerfuffle was like, no, we're like a company that made that open source project. And now you're just going to use our name to make a super commercial product like. Mm. Well, I think the tweet too from Amazon was like, we're partnering with Elasticsearch or whatever, you know, like marketing. And they're like, uh, you'd never emailed us. 
about this partnership you're proposing or something. So, yeah, like you downloaded our stuff and used you it. Just, you're selling our product. so Which I get from their perspective, right? I get the, like, that's a bad thing and forget that. And I'm like, Elasticsearch is cool. They're a cool company. Like, we should be on their little guy's side here. But at the same time, because AWS offers so much stuff... And it's so nice to have everything happy path and involved. You're already using other AWS stuff. Why not put your Elasticsearch right alongside all your other AWS stuff? That feels like almost more happy path, I hate to say. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm sure they're paving a cow path there. You know, somebody's, a lot of people are like spinning up their own Elasticsearch server on some EC2 or something, you know, and. Um, they were just like, hey, hey we we'll help automate that or make that easier. So. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm just recanting like my coworkers, D and Alex, have been going down this this road for a while because they're like, hey, we need to rewrite some of our search stuff and yada, yada. But we're all AWS at at, at CodePen, you know. And mm-hmm. so what we wanted to have was, um, you know, search is tricky, right, Dave? <laughs> like if imagine you have a search index for all of CodePen, fine. But like, what do you do? We don't have all of CodePen on our local machines because you can't Mm -hmm. dev against, you know, a terabyte database or whatever. That's like not practical. But then how do you, how does search work then? It's like almost like you need another index just for dev and you need another index just for staging. And you got to kind of solve that whole developer story. It's not, that's, that's why DevOps gets complicated in a way is you have to have Mm -hmm. stories for all this stuff. So they spun up, I think AWS Elasticsearch on on AWS just for staging, just as like why pay oh, okay. for yet another in index because it's a much smaller index, you know, it's like a little right. baby one. And I think you know found the experience like oh that's kind of good. So it's like our <laughs> oh, dev is a local thing, our staging is AWS, our production is Elasticsearch hosted from the company. It's like it's not that it's a mess. I don't think it's a mess, but it's also like <laughs> which shouldn't we maybe pick one and. Right. You got, um, uh, what, yeah, it's like you have four clones kind of each pretending to be the same thing, sort of. So, yeah. Anyway, happy path, happy path. So, thanks to our Discord people for dropping those links in and having conversations with us about new, new stuff. That's gonna, that's gonna be happening more and more. So, so hop in there, people, please. Um, let's do a question before we circle back to more random crap that I'm gonna make you talk about. Oh, making me talk. All right, here we go. Question from Marvin M. Writes, and a few years ago, I sold a small SaaS app that I built from scratch. Ran it for five, congratulations, yeah. I ran it for five years. It wasn't a life-changing amount of money, so so I still need to pay bills. I took a couple of years off after selling. Not life-changing? You took years off? That's pretty life-changing. I'd I'm say. impressed. Um, <laughs> after selling it in the last year, uh, and I've been doing freelance WooCommerce work for a company. Uh, this has been a decent return to work for me, but it's not an area of web development I'd like to get stuck in. As a quote-unquote founder of a SaaS app, I became a generalist. So to approve my full-time developer prospects, I need to. I feel like, it feels like I need to uh, specialize in one area of development. But I found it difficult to choose one or two areas to focus on. Do you have any tips on specializing or building expertise in one area? Mm. That seems weird to me. It seems like exactly the opposite. I was like, I'm also a generalist, Marvin. I mean, kind of. I'd say I'm I'm pretty good at CSS and stuff, but that doesn't, I don't know. Alex yells at me for this sometimes, but it's like, I don't feel like my CSS skills are particularly like entrepreneurial powering. 
I can't like <laughs> start a business on CSS. You know, I hate to say that CSS people, it's important. It's an amazing role, but I'm just like, no, nah, I can't do as much entrepreneurially with just that. So I need other skills and my other skills are T-shaped. I know a bunch of stuff about a bunch of stuff. And I find that's a strength of mine that makes me stronger in a way to me. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you called into the two generalist show and asked about <laughs> specializing, um, which is fine. Um, you know, there, there's arguments for specializing. Um, I would recommend not to give you homework, but this book called range by David Epstein um, is about wow. the power of being a generalist. And so there's a lot of situations where a generalist just wins like you're able to build a SaaS app and sell it and take a couple of years off. That's an amazing skill as a generalist. <laughs> <laughs> uh, unfortunately, I, I I would say like I don't think in the in the job market like being a generalist is valued because it's like we want a React developer from 18 years of React right. experience, you know. And so you're in a then it, that then it becomes like a man. I should have specialized in React rather than knowing WordPress, knowing WooCommerce, knowing. Uh, how to build this weird Rails app or whatever, you know, and how to start a company. I mean, like build a company and business and taxes and stuff. That's skills too. Like, I mean, if you want to pick, like, you know, follow your heart, chase your bliss. Like, what are you interested in? Go for that, you know, just just do that and maybe ruthlessly only accept that kind of work. Because um, I think there's room. Uh, we're... We had a React project come across the, the Paravel desk and from one of our old clients. And we were like, well, you know, we know we can do React. We don't we don't do React. Kind of not just I don't know. We just don't, right? Like I the projects we have are in Nuxt because I just prefer it, you know. Um, so we spoke with like uh Brad Westfall, who's like a React specialist, you know, like mm-hmm. he does that. He worked at a company that did react training like so and and unfortunately it just didn't work out pandemic hit and stuff like that but like you know See, that's like dave your three amigos thing is falling fast here you're like sure we'll farm that out for you and bill it yeah we have federated partnerships okay <laughs> yeah 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 no it's a I, I like the federated model because you can kind of make it as big as you need to and scale and fit uh different clients and stuff like that but it was mostly like just like what what we want for our clients is to have a really good version of the website. And it was like, I found a specialist who can make a really good version of that website. And so, yeah, it, it was, uh, that seemed very cool. So anyway. yeah, that, that, that is kind of cool. So Marvin, I mean, if you absolutely want to specialize on something, it sounds like you're doing WooCommerce work and don't like it. That's too bad. If you liked it, I would say do that. There's a ton of that work. WordPress is huge and e-commerce is huge and WooCommerce is the biggest e-commerce thing there is and it's WordPress plus WooCommerce so it feels very natural to WordPress work. I would think that'd be a great place to specialize in. But if you're like, nah, I'd rather do something else, then do you like JavaScript? Because if you do, you should do JavaScript because that's yeah. just as big or bigger. Well, shoot, I, I mean, um, if you have WooCommerce experience and you don't like it, I mean, again, that's like, like every company had to figure out how to do online business in the last year. So like even every small mom and pop restaurant had to figure out how to take an order and put a menu online or whatever. Like it's good business right now, you know, taking that step further Shopify. Like if you can build a Shopify, my brother kind of does Shopify stuff. He's not, he's more of a generalist, but 
you know, you can be a Shopify specialist, but you still are doing tens of jobs in the Shopify arena, you know, like you're templating, you're designing, you're whatever theme customizing, you're uh, there's tons of different things, but you can be a specialist in that. Um, you know, and Shopify just had this thing, like you can buy, they announced like they're partnering with Instagram and you can like buy straight from Instagram via Shopify. Like you click a fancy. So like a lot of people are going to ask for that. (laughs) So (laughs) good luck, you know? Um, Oh my gosh. I feel like half of all my purchases are Instagram. I'm so terrible. Well, yeah. Very susceptible to those. But what if you don't even go to a store, you just click, the yeah, thing and I it know, says charge your credit card and you're like okay yeah and they already know all the stuff about you i i feel like i've done that before but it's more often than not i struggle through the menus find some way to bookmark it and then that gives me a little buffer between seeing it and buying it and then i buy it later from a desktop computer which means they probably didn't even get the affiliate payment or whatever they sorry uh, yeah, yeah. but i buy how i buy people yeah well hopefully that helped Again, you called in the general show to talk about specialization. So, so you know, Notion, right? Yeah, it's yeah. A great, great product. They uh, we're looking at a Notion document right now because it's great collaborative document tool. It's great for sharing. Great for teams. I use it for all kinds of stuff. It's been a sponsor in the past. I think when you do, I th- I would think their business model is like pretty good. You know, like mm-hmm. that's they. Ch- their paid product is fairly, or their free product's pretty limited. So they probably have lots of people upgrading and they charge by the head for teams. It's super collaborative. You invite people, whatever. I have no sense of their financials or anything, but I assume they're doing pretty darn good and growing just they, as a look from the outside. They got know? my eight bucks a month. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And that's a non, that's not a cheap product, you know, especially monthly. And well, and, and it's a gateway to get your company on, like, cause you do it for your personal and then you're like, I'm going to get my whole company on this. Yeah. And at that point, literally who cares what it costs? You know, right. if I have a hundred heads in there and, and people are all doing documents and collaborating with each other, I'm like, fine, please charge me twice as much i don't care really because it's that kind of important of a business tool in a way and the fact that it replaces other tools is part of that story too but anyway so you know a company does that well i feel like you got people nipping at your heels a little bit people inspired by that i can do a better job in all that kind of thing so not you know one little minor knock against notion is just the speed of it it feels a little slow sometimes even on my incredibly fast internet you know so i feel like people with slower internet probably feel it a much more if they had some release next month or week or something that said hey notion is 10 times faster now that would kill any feature they could possibly create you know like speed is is clutch. Mm -hmm. I say all that to say that I just heard of this new thing called craft. The URL is craft.do, which is a pretty cool URL. And I haven't, you know, like I'm not nearly an expert in it. I'm not like looking to replace Notion necessarily. I think Notion is much more mature and stuff. But it's, you know, it's it's a Mac native app. It feels very snappy. It feels very, you know, feels like there's some extra polish, some things that, that, it does better than the notion, the things that does. And, and I'm mm-hmm. just, I'm interested. So I just bring it up on the show. Cause that's the kind of thing we end up chatting about in the discord and stuff. I, in the ecosystem of notion likes, yeah. uh, there's this thing called type dream dot C O right. Um, okay. And it's a, it's a no code website builder. Um, and you know, that, that doesn't exactly appeal to me. Right. Um, 
Oh, this uh, does look like Notion. Nice. Yeah, but it so it basically takes that Notion slash command feature where it like yeah. then pops down like what kind of block do you want to build? And then you just throw them a drop down menu, say like, oh, I want the hero block or the navigation block or the you know, yeah, the two images next to each other block. And it give and then you can like kind of like slide the column to change the column size or like add a right, the button right, block. right. Uh again, this is like uh, no code's not exactly Dave Rupert's uh, life choice, you know, but um, but what's cool about it is this just, I don't know, like th- for this the brochure was a, site, no, like that notion style crushes it. You need a job posting, do it at notion is genius idea. I think. Right. And so like, it's just kind of like, it's very clever from like a content authorship. Yeah. Like, like the marketing yeah. site sort of stuff. Oh, and this, so like, it's very clever. I just, uh, I hadn't seen the like, Cause, cause I've seen like WYSIWYGs, you know, there's a lot of those no codes, Webflow, um, and these are all good tools. I, I just want to yeah. say they're good or even you get into Squarespace or, or anything, they kind of do visual tools, but the, the, what I hadn't seen is that like slash command block kind of thing. No. And here's another aspect to it. I think that's that's relevant here that I feel like notion a little bit pioneered is that like the, the like can't screw it up aesthetics. Like you can't just do anything in here. You're limited in what you can do, and whatever you pick looks pretty clean. Yeah, you have to work really hard to get a serif font on. <laughs> you have to work. You have to work very, very hard. <laughs> but you can do it. But it's very hard. So, um, but yeah, this is like yeah. I just I, you know, I, when I see no code, I, honestly, I've done them. I built them for clients, delivered them, and in like it was felt successful, but then it was just kind of like a lot of work to maintain. It was like, I want to change this and this. And we're like, Ooh boy, like, um, let's go through and figure it out. You know? Yeah. Um, the limits are like hard limits in a way. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But I just, but the slash command thing sounds cool. Cause I know how to work a notion document, you know, like drag it around. So I, you know, just slash right. get my thing. So that's just cool. Um, and, and I'm kind of curious to see where this goes. And, you know, again, I don't think old Dave Rupert's just going to sign up for this, but, uh, or like flip my clients to this exactly. But, you know, it's compelling. Mm. Like, uh, it is. Like, especially for simple stuff. My gosh, I would do a brochure site on this in a heartbeat. Um, but it does feel like Notion could swallow it up, right? Because why, why wouldn't Notion just say, oh, take this Notion page and, de- and like set an A record towards it? You probably already can do that. Right, like you send send whatever here's your here's your, here's your subdomain, your yeah. yeah. And no, uh, I mean that's but that's yeah. got to be productized properly. It's one thing that you can't. I've learned this too late in my entrepreneurial career. It's one thing to make something possible, and it's a totally different thing to like productize it properly to explain it to people in a way that's like not only can you do this, but this is the, you know, this is the happy path. This is what we want you to do. This is what we're here to help you do. This is how we're going to document it. Yeah, no, there's, there's, that's a, the whole other side of the work, right? Is just like, okay, cool. You built the thing technologically. Can, do people even get it? You know, like, <laughs> can they use it? Do they use it? Is it, in, is it compelling? Does it save them actual time or is it just a nuisance? You know, so Right. That, I think well, a thanks lot of, for showing me this. This is cool. Oh, it's just kind of like a like I hadn't I I hadn't seen the Notiony drop down thing to build a website, and I thought that was cool. So anyway, 
Yeah, cool futures blocks, ahead. Blocks for life. And in fact, you know, I, I read, I listened to this, I think it was on the Post Light podcast. You know Post Light? They're good people. Yeah, yeah. They're little Paul Ford and Gina Trapani and stuff. They have a podcast that's quite good, I think, because just those people are just powerhouses of of good writing. Really, really smart. Yeah. It's really just not, smart. Yeah. Yeah. Someday I'll grow up to be Paul Ford. But uh, can I time out <laughs> Paul yeah. Ford? The other day, uh, he he goes, uh, you know, there there was, it's the impeachment trial, not to get political here, but he, the, one of the person, the, the Trump's lawyer was like, you know, I listened to this album when I was a kid about great American heroes, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, I never thought this would come into play, but I know this album. And I've, I it like, so he, and then he just like releases, he's like, here's this archive.org link of all this historical American poetry and like music and stuff like that. Like, I never thought this would ever be relevant ever in my whole life, but here it is. So anyway, it's just, he's, yeah. his Follow knowledge, Mr. F train on Twitter. You his knowledge it. is just, absurd it, it, it just yeah. yeah it just goes in weird rabbit holes and he just remembers it that's the that's the other part so yeah love paul ford and post light and everybody involved there it's a tremendously good podcast and i like how like unashamed it is at being like this is a podcast that's content marketing for our agency but you're still <laughs> gonna love it so suck it down people uh well, the show they had one with matt mullenweg though and okay. you know, I'm a I'm a Matt kind of super fan too. I think Matt is a good, nice guy. His head screwed on straight, and has done amazing work with WordPress, et cetera, et cetera. Right? So a fan. Anyway, there. So them together ended up being a really good interview, I think. But Matt was kind of saying Gutenberg is, you know, whatever. We're past the controversial stuff, so I'm going to skip that because I've stopped caring about that. I mean, I care about accessibility, but I don't the nuanced opinions. I'm over it. That it's open source in itself. And that Gutenberg isn't just like this thing inside a WordPress. It kind of is, but there's like a Drupal add-on for it now. So, and he's like, good, you know, like this should be like, let's work on this together as the editor thing that can be anywhere. Like, I feel like Dropbox paper could benefit from just like using Gutenberg instead of whatever mm -hmm. their thing is. And I think, you know, that Notion could like, no, they're not going to probably, but like adopt that kind of thing. Anywhere you need to like author content, having it be the kind of canonical block builder kind of thing is pretty cool idea mm -hmm. you know like it's it, maybe it should have some competition too fine but the idea that it's open source in this way that like it's not just this wordpress thing it's this any editor thing that anybody can use and sh should use and it works on mobile apps too that's notable too that's a very different thing right that gutenberg works the same way like in a native environment as it does on the web so what like what's stopping gutenberg from having slash commands you know what i mean oh they like, totally do Oh, they do already? Yeah. So yeah, I can just yeah. go into a Gutenberg and do like slash whatever Columns, gallery. Boom, you got them. Yeah, <gasps> yeah it's well, great. Well, 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 yeah. well. Yeah, it's amazing. And I think, you know, different things do this different ways, you know, whatever. That's a that's a absurd thing to say it was wishy-washy but you know what i mean like like the the way that dropbox paperworks has some nicety to it you know i think gutenberg feels a little clunky occasionally it doesn't feel so good for example one little thing bothers me i do the slash command to search for something and it, it has a little menu of the things that i could pick because they're like fuzzy matches for the kind of block i feel like i should be able to press the down arrow key and arrows and select one but you just can't for some reason so it's, it's like that's the tiniest little thing but it's like that's the 
the kind of thing that probably will need to like evolve and get better and need to get faster and smoother and stuff. But but it's pretty dang good and it's open source. You know what they could maybe use for that? Mm. Uh, you ready? Before we find out what Dave's going to suggest for Gutenberg, I want to remind you that CodePen has pro plans. CodePen being, you know, the company that I'm the co-founder of. So we don't get a chance to to shout it out enough on this show, perhaps. But if you go to CodePen.io slash pro, it'll take you to a page that like explains all the stuff that you get if you're just like an individual developer and decide to go pro. Some of the big ones are privacy. So if you're building a pen, you can uh, uh, flip it to private or turn on a setting that everything you save is just private by default, if that's just how you want to roll. And something to know about that is that let's say you're working on something, you don't intend for it to be private forever, but just for some time, the moment then that you flip it back to public, that's the moment that it like enters the streams of socialness on CodePen. So it's not based on the creation date. It's the first moment that it went public. So that's kind of a, just a nice thing to know that even if you work on something for like a month or something, it's that first flip to public that, uh, that gets it into those social feeds. Uh, and then there's other stuff like uploading files. We have a very fancy asset hosting system that uh, not just hosts your files, but let's say they're images, you can like resize them on the fly and serve them in the automatically correct format for the browser and crop it and re-upload it. It has all kinds of like abilities for dealing with that, not to mention that they're CDN hosted and super fast and all that. That's just two of the features of CodePen Pro. So uh, uh, we'd uh, love your support. And, you know, it's also mandatory. So sign up right now. Uh, you ready? JavaScript. JavaScript. Brand new <laughs> element on the Edge Explainers blog. Breaking news here. The pop-up element. Have you heard about this one? No, no. There's a, uh, I, I'm really, uh, <laughs> uh, really kind of surprising you. Um, anyway, so there's a uh, element, Edge Explainer. I want to get this right. But um, like, it's uh, like a, I'm thinking details. Yeah, so it's almost like a when you like right click something and a thing shows up, you know, or, or like you click a menu and something shows oh, up. Oh, the context menu. Yeah, yeah, kind of, but but it's not even in context. It's kind of like your ability to create some kind of floating thing, some sort of like almost like a dialogue, almost like a select drop down, but something that is anchored to an element, if that makes sense. So like mm. like it's like a it's like a modal that is anchored to an element. And so you could think tooltips and stuff like that. Tooltips are kind of bad for accessibility in general because they're supposed to be. Yeah, I also think of the title attribute and how little you can do with it. But this <clears throat> right, is sort of- right. Like if you're doing tooltips, just use the title attribute <laughs> more or less. Um, but anyway, this is kind of like a, a low or. I don't know, a low level element, but but sort of like this thing, like you want to do like drop down menus, here would be a great way to do it. It's a pop-up and sort of just like similar to Aria has pop-up sort of thing. But anyway, there's a explainer over on Edge. It's not out. It's going through like open UI and then it's got to go through W3C. And then there's yeah, but be what to talk to me about high level here, is it HTML or is it JavaScript? HTML. So you just no type way. open bracket pop-up and then you type your junk in there. And then you have to do a little bit of, uh, they may come up with oh, some it convenience looks like things. You- 
But looks like it's it's you you hook it up at HTML, but you can't open and enclose it without JavaScript. Right, right, and that's what they're saying right now. But maybe there's a way to like like just from an element perspective, it has to do this. But maybe the trigger can get some sort of uh, you know initialized by or something like that. So yeah, it seems um, like it's one line to open it, so it feels like that really should make its way into a. <laughs> Hopefully, yeah. Details, like, kind of thing. <laughs> but then there's also, um, like, different properties for focus, like autofocus or delegate focus. So, like, you know, mm-hmm. when it opens, go focus on this thing or something, you know, so. Yeah, which would be nice. And it looks like it. they're talking about focus trapping in there, too. So if this is what it takes to push along inert, mm, I'll take it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, I, you know, anyway, it's not, It's again, it's not out. It's just, this is like a, hey, Mm. This is something we're thinking about enough that we wrote a thing and posted it and made it public. So, so yeah, keep an yeah. eye on it. So, hey, speaking of platform breaking news, I heard Ooh. from Adam Argyle today. You know, Adam, good I CSS know. dude, yep. for yep. works for Google and and pushes CSS along too when he can. Published a thing which he got. I think he got some internal thumbs up on um, for for colon stuck. As a pseudo selector, you know, you know, stuck like this position sticky. It's like position yeah. sticky is great, but how do you know if it's in if it's actively being sticky right now or isn't? Mm-hmm. And it was one of those container query esque things. Like we can't do this because it opens up cyclical thing. Or like that's one of the knocks against it is that okay, if it's stuck, then you change some property, and then it's not stuck anymore. Then then yeah. those properties change, and then it is stuck, and then you know, position like, sticky top yeah. zero, and then. St- colon stuck top 10 you know it would just right, freak right. out right so yeah yeah i mean i think it depends on the property because like if you move top might actually do it because top then it's but that's position relative the position but anyway, I'm just, uh, yeah or, it or depends like on what it is like margin would almost certainly do it but there's you know i think the caveat that he's like well what if then the container knew if the child within it was stuck. So you could go, you know, parent colon stuck and then space. And then the child that you're expecting to see is stuck or not. And I think that was the magic juju that got the thumbs up all around. That was like, okay, well, if if it's the parent that knows not the child, then somehow that stops some infinite loop stuff. I can't pretend to all understand all that stuff, but b- because it got so many thumbs up, it seems like we might actually get a stuck selector. Yeah. Yeah. Was, I'm looking at it now, um, stuck and snap. So like, like scroll snap points, you know, um, oh, are you actively snapped? That would yeah. be rad too. Cause like when you just would like, I don't know, you could highlight something that would be so helpful. <laughs> like, you know, like this is the thing that gets stuck, you know, even in development, but. Well, yeah. Imagine um, those, those like snapped. carousels that you swipe and then, oh, I actually don't know if this would work, but the, the actively stuck one then gets like transform scale 1.2 or something. So it's like bigger. It's like, it's kind of a pseudo 3d and then you swipe it away and it becomes its regular size again. I don't know. Maybe it's nice to see that stuff come to lower level languages though. All that stuff is perfectly doable in JavaScript. So if your mind's like, yeah, I can do that right now. Just GSAP it up or whatever, you know, like that's great. That's good. Explore it. But when those things move down the stack of technology to lower levels, that's just good. I'm telling yeah. people. It yeah. When is. we're able to like do this, make these things without some sort of Hoop to jump through. It's great. I, we had a conversation the other day um, 
about the share button, you know, everybody's favorite share button, which mm. we revolutionized on previous episodes. <laughs> Navigator.share. Um, yep. Navigator.share. Uh, you know, it's not in everything. Um, oh, I forget, oh, but then somebody brought up like, is that the same as Jeremy Keith's button type equals share, which we kind of talked about Kinda. on the, the show, but, um, but Jeremy's like, kind of like got a good brain. Um, <laughs> he's kind of got a good brain. Uh, but his whole thing is like, we can share in the browser now. So if we had type equals share, we could just, we without JavaScript, we can just open the share dialog. You know, like, let's bring some yeah. of these cool features that we're making in JavaScript. And he's right. He's right. Like, why? There's nothing uniquely dummy or anything about share. It just opens a stupid share dialog. So should that move down the stack? Yes, it should. Yeah, why not? Let's do it. <laughs> like, or just it ha- and it has some default behaviors. And if you want to not do those, beautiful dude. Like, make your own thing. You know, that's that's my thing too. I, I'm in the open UI and talking about tabs a lot. Right, that's kind of what I'm working on. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, tabs is you know, there's a lot of we- people do weird things like with tabs. You know, like you have tabs, but guess what? The the tab itself is a select menu and you can like, that's weird stuff. Like, and it's like, okay, do we care about that? Or do we not care about that? You know? And, and my gut is like, let's not care about that right now. Like maybe we can support a select element, but we're not going to author that behavior, you know, like, um, so we'll, we'll mm-hmm. just support that. Um, but then, you know, what, uh, but I, I just I think it's cool because like if you want to make these weird tabs with like select menus as the tab or whatever, like congratulations, you just jumped into custom tab land and you have all the tools to write your own custom tabs, you know. But um, but we just provide basic tabs. I feel like that if the web could just do that, like provide the basic structures, we'd be in mm-hmm. really good shape. So mm-hmm. all right. Well, thanks. That's feels like. It's a, the shop talk show mantra almost. Yeah. Just build websites, but also just lower technology levels. <laughs> that doesn't roll off the tongue as well. <laughs> just lower technology levels. All right. On that note, um, uh, thank you, dear listener, for downloading this in your podcatcher choice. Be sure to start her favorite up. Uh, that's how people find out about the show. Follow us on Twitter. Aside, or uh, sorry, that's my other podcast shop, at Shop Talk Show for tens of tweets a month. And head over to our Patreon to get access to the Discord, patreon.com slash Shop Talk Show, I believe. So uh, go check that out. We'd love to have you stop by. And again, early days, you can still influence the community. We really appreciate it. So. Chris, you got anything else you'd like to say? Oh, shoptalkshow.com.